Hit me with it. Hey, lawyers. No. What? what? We're talking about lawyers. The name of the, your tagline. My tagline? The name of the segment. Oh, my God. <gasps> Warning. <laughs> there we go. Give the people what they want. What's going on, everyone out there? I am J to the Izzo, B to the Ackman with Nail Social Office Hours, episode 28. Rachel, how you doing? Okay, well, don't act like you're the only one here. (laughs) I'm Rachel, uh, and I am the social analytics manager at Nail Communications. And at Nail Social, I am the lead scientist, and Jess is the junior scientist. (laughs) <laughs> and we're just a couple couple of pros chatting it up, telling you uh, what's what, and giving our take on all the latest social things. This is a very special episode because we are not live on Twitch <laughs> right now. <laughs> we were going to go live on Twitch, and we thought, hey, that's a great idea. IRL streaming is super popular right now, and maybe we'll just pop on, see if we get any viewers, and try to build that up. No, we did not realize that you have to have your whole OBS set up. We knew that because we've done this. We have done other live streams before, but we were we thought you could just like <laughs> if you didn't want it, all the overlays and stuff, you could just go live. Nope, you can't. So next week, look for that. Apparently, Twitch is still a pain in the ass. I, I don't know why they don't have like a go live button. I mean, I think you can do it on mobile. Oh, yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so we will do that next week check that out um but this week we've got four segments we've got a this week in paid we're going to talk influencers um this week in organic we want to talk about the warren meme team Mm -hmm. we've got some thoughts on that and we are issuing a warning about lawyers and how they can sometimes ruin (laughs) ad campaigns sometimes sometimes and then in a final segment okay boomer um, I'm sure you guys can guess what <laughs> that is. Guys, have you ever heard of this great new phrase, okay, boomer? <laughs> it's not at all on the damn con. <laughs> this and is like then, a warning, to, <laughs> warning too. And then the rant wheel is back, uh, and it'll be wheel form this time, not coin, not pull, the true wheel. So let's jump in. <laughs> you know, we're going to do a segment on okay, boomer, and you know what people are going to say to us? Okay, boomer. You got it. That's sweeping through the chat On the dumb phone memes And hating on teens And the Karens who are anti-vax This is getting around <laughs> Who wrote that? That is based off the Oklahoma University fighting song Oh, nice And I I think it was I think it was Shmo Yo Mo Do you know those people? Yes, okay. yes, mm-hmm, from YouTube. Yeah, I think it was that. Um, so there's actually a few OK Boomer songs. That, well, I guess we'll wait until the, that segment, but there's the one that's that's like in all the TikToks. It's like, OK Boomer. <laughs> I know. I, I looked for the OK Boomer song, and there was like 2,000 options. Oh, my gosh. That's, but this one's the best, I think. That's much too many. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so in This Week in Paid, we're talking about influencers. Jess just wrote up a, a long um, LinkedIn post about this, so we thought we might as well sort of um, audio-fy that <laughs> and chat with you guys about it. But the first thing, you know, that's sort of topical that I wanted to mention is that the FC- FTC just released yesterday their social media guide mm-hmm. to how to disclose your influencer relations on social because 
in the past they've had like this long legalese about how to right. do these but this is the first time they've ever put out like a short easy simple guide you know how you use hashtag ad if you're allowed to use you know hashtag spawn or not which mm-hmm. you know you're actually you're not supposed to do that it's supposed to be very very clear about disclosures but anyway i just wanted to bring that up at the very top because it is topical right and the second part of that is them actually finding and going after people for not disclosing well this is got this is guidance these are guidelines right. they're not like hard and fast rules because this industry or not even not even just um influencers but testimonials and like having celebrity celebrity testimonials and that sort of thing has always been a gray area this is why like the pharrell hat thing exists right. you know and all of those right <laughs> so if you if you work in social media you do anything related to social media um influencers should be on your radar as a tool to get the word out but the thing about influencers is it is such a it i mean that term means so many different things i know i know when you first say the word influencer people immediately think of these awful people on like instagram who are hawking their cbd gummies or like their fit tea or like christy teigen i mean or yeah or yeah but 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 we've always thought that an influencer is just that anyone who has influence and they could be on any channel it doesn't have to just be you know the quote-unquote influencer on on instagram right um large and small and we've seen or we found that the the smaller they are the more sort of proportional influence they have like you know, if they if they only have a hundred followers or something, those followers are their friends, not just sure. people who are just randomly. But whatever. there's that sort of interesting plateau where you get to you get to a point where you know smaller ones. When we talk about micro influencers and the amount of authenticity they have, whereas someone someone larger uh, in sort of the middle range, five hundred thousand to a million or whatever, maybe some of their authenticity drops off. Mm-hmm. But then once you get back up to the Kylie Jenner <clears throat> level, that's like extreme extreme not necessarily authenticity but influence right so it's it's not a it's not a monolithic group there's a lot of different parts to that but that doesn't stop um agencies or companies to try and grab every single piece of that that pie and manage it and 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 work it and we found that it's it's best to break up influencers um like who who's who's in charge of running influencers and we found it's best to break that up into sort of three different sections Mm -hmm. so the influencers from like zero to 10k and these numbers are they're very loose you know yeah i i actually think the whole micro macro whatever influencers that's so arbitrary it's it's but i I have to put a number in your mind so you know who i'm talking about so zero to 10k followers you know i'm kind of thinking instagram it really depends on platforms but these are people who can be super effective for for getting your getting your word out or um creating authenticity, uh, that type of thing. But the, the challenge is it's very difficult to reach or it's very inefficient to reach out to someone that has 200 followers and negotiate something or try and get them on your platform or whatever. And, and, and to reach scale, to do something cool and to do something big, you need to get like hundreds or even thousands of these smaller micro influencers on board. Right, because while those micro-influencers might actually end up having more reach and more engagement than a higher level person, because their engagement level might be higher, they actually end up reaching more people, um, you still have to get more of them. You know what I mean? So you're right. It does become inefficient to have that 
constant management going on back and forth. So that's why a lot of people rely on these platforms. These influencer like buy the bundle platform and yeah. then those are trash too though because you're losing so much control with that man managing that conversation so it's it's a balancing act right so the the best way to handle these sort of micro influencers is through the marketing department and when you're crafting a campaign because ideally you want these people to opt into hawking your product without any outreach you want them to participate in the campaign because it's cool or something to do and they get something out of it like they get kind of exposure or you retweet it or something but as soon as you like i'm going to send you a check or i'm going to send you free product the efficiency just goes right out the window mm -hmm. so this is when you're like coming up with a campaign think of what those hooks are to get these micro influencers involved without you reaching out to them or going to a platform or something like that. Do you feel like, um, I'm thinking about the EOS campaign on, exactly. on TikTok that we talked about a few weeks ago, where yes, the first initial people were absolutely paid, but they there was maybe five or six of them. Mm -hmm. Then you get people jumping in and actively using the product. They, it's not like product was sent out, but right. the people actively using the product be, to be a part of the trend. Um, and there you go. It's 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 automatically made UGC for you. And then actually everyone else joins in. That's why we think TikTok is actually such a good place for that. But yep. that's a good example. Yeah, it's TikTok is great for the micro level. Um, so you go a little bit beyond that from 10K up to a million, maybe a little bit less than that. And these are the people that um, they know Instagram. They know how to play the game. They know how to hashtag ad and they want to be paid as well. Um, you reach out to someone with a, with a hundred thousand followers. They're not going to do anything for free. They're really not mm -hmm. going. They're hardly going to do anything for product unless it's expensive or whatever. You've dealt with this before, where influencers think they're worth so much more. I hate that. I hate that I'm even having this conversation. It's so like icky, but like they ascribe so much value to their to their um, well, content, but maybe it's not worth that to you. It's, it's part, hard to say. Part of the reason is that there's so many influencer platforms out there. Yes, I was absolutely. just looking at a, I was just looking at an article today. It was like the 31 top influencer platforms. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so what and they're all named like Sparkfeed. Upfluence. Yes, exactly. Ifluence with a Z. Tracker Influenza? with two A's and no E. <laughs> Captivate with the letter with the the number eight. eight I mean, yeah. it's 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 horrible. Um, so, but what but what happens is all these platforms are out there. Th their bread and butter is hoovering up as many people as possible to be on their platform because they need mm -hmm. they need clients to go there and be like, we have ten thousand or a hundred thousand influencers. So they have automated ways to reach out to these people, and even someone with like ten or twelve thousand, someone reaches out to them and like be on our platform, and they're like oh, I kind of have like an agent now. Yes, and yes. They get this artificial status. And it, and it changes the game mm -hmm. um, for sure. So, I mean, with if you want to reach out to these platforms um, or reach out to these influencers, you can totally go on these platforms and find these people. But what we found is, with it's basically with every platform, like the goal of a platform is um, efficiency. It's not to get the best work out of someone. Mm -hmm. It's to get the most work or the quickest work. And that's generally not what moves the needle. Yeah, I mean, you see, especially in these platforms that are like um, 
where you have to where like basically the brand sends out like an RFP and people respond to it that to me is not where the best work comes from it's when you actually have a relationship and that person wants to represent your brand and wants to do something fun and they actually make something creative out of it not just like this prescriptive three posts five stories that's it right yeah and there's somewhere it's like you put out what you want to do and then people will just sort of do it and you don't you don't mean like get to approve it they'll just do it and then you you get like five dollars i mean it's it's terrible and we actually don't really recommend these platforms but if you want to reach out to the to people who are like between 10k and and under a and under like a million you know reach out to them personally yourself allow them to have some creativity in what they want to do sort of get them excited about it and don't make it like a purely financial transaction because they'll, they'll treat it that way and mm-hmm. you'll get what you'll get. You'll get mm-hmm. what you pay for and nothing beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the main thing is that these people, um, whether they're on Instagram or they're on Twitch or they're on YouTube, these are creators. Mm-hmm. They're popular for a reason because they have created something and they've built a following of, ent- of people who've been entertained by them. So at their base level, these are people who want to be artists and come up with something right. fun. They don't want to be prescriptive in in the work that they do and i think it's actually a doing a disservice to the community by being so um you know by the book or black and white when it comes to these things right but some of them want to be artists some of them want to get paid and be an influencer and yeah that's true we found that those people are the most overpriced for Mm -hmm, what their influence mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. you can get you can find incredible deals going after someone who is like the top uh, mechanic or the top knitter on Instagram or whatever, and not there's not a lot of people reaching out to them, so they haven't like they haven't set a bar for what their worth is. Mm-hmm. You know, the more people that they have, the more brands going after them to do their thing, the more they're going to raise that price and the less value you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So there can be a lot of deals going after people like under a hundred k who don't really know what their influence is, and you can you know you really move a campaign by getting like five or six of those people doing something. Yeah, <laughs> right on. So above that, um, it's influencers that have like over 1 million. And these are not people we deal with, but we deal with them in the sense that PR deals with them. We, right. We work with um, PR companies and these people, yes, they want to get paid, but like this is their business. Yeah, you get into celebrity status now. So it's sort of a different game. Yeah, and, and they have like writers and there's there's a lot of legalese in terms of um, licensing and all this other stuff. And you, it really helps to have a PR professional, not a media buyer or anything like that, reach out to these people and deal with these people and, and all the issues. And what we found is, you know, a lot of them, you can get value out of these people, but it's with the... With the people below that, you can really track the ROI. You can be like, put this code in and you can see what you get. But with these people, they command a premium, but at the same time, like the cash, there's like an incalculable amount of cachet that comes from getting Christy Teigen or, or Kylie Jenner or any of these types of people. Who's you know? Christy Teigen? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Is she Christy Teigen's cousin? You haven't heard of Christy <laughs> Teigen yet? Oh my God. Um, so it's, it's one of these things where you, you're you're not going to know what you're going to get back from them. You just kind of have to trust that it's going to be worth it. And the more they can align with what your campaign's about more than just like, you don't go after Kylie Jenner for her hundred million followers. You know, you go after that for her hundred million followers, plus whatever cachet she can Mm -hmm. provide. 
Um, and there's a lot of, even with, with niches, like even Kylie Jenner is like the most general, sure. But if you go after the, the number one, I don't know, lifeguard or doctor on Instagram, you're going to get more than their follower count. Even if it's like 500,000, you're going to get that level of cachet. So that's, and, and those people like really want to hear from PR and not from uh, media buyers like ourselves. Oh, Fun. All right. This week in organic, we saw, and I'm sure you guys saw, the Warren meme team has engaged. (laughs) Who is the Warren meme team, you might ask? Um, So we saw a tweet go out on November 3rd that is from Warren's meme team. It's a very large Twitter thread, and it reads... Warren's meme team is a volunteer effort of writers and writers slash artists slash marketers to make slash spread creation templates that all eWarren supporters can use. We aim to earn a content creation and distribution advantage for the primaries in general, saving the nation with selfies and memes. And then it continues. Mm-hmm. I can't read you the rest of it because for some reason it's been deleted. It's about it was about ten to fifteen. Uh, posts explaining you know what memes are and what selfies are and what the goal for warren's meme team for this elizabeth warren affiliate i guess it not sponsored by elizabeth warren or anything or not not from her but people who wanted to rise up to support her and explaining what all of this was and there was a lot of gifs and it was Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of emojis a lot of emojis and not a single meme (laughs) so jess and i both saw this and we're like oh no (laughs) Well, when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, man, this is going to be, I love to see this. I love to see politicians or whatever getting in there, diving in. No, it's not from her, though. I I know, I know. But I love to see, you know, anyone who's like related to her or on her behalf diving in there, using memes. But like, this is just, it's just not, you can't start, you can't. It's from one guy. Yeah. Essentially. I saw this and was like, oh, cringe. (laughs) I don't, I mean, it is so forced. I think this is a really good example of how you don't do a grassroots movement. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, the reason why they want to do this is because memes and these types of things can be hugely successful. The Trump train is like one of Trump's biggest assets. Mm -hmm. And the Yang gang whether it's like ironic or not, um, has been instrumental in getting his name out there and his recognition out there and showing and looking like he's got supporters. He's got a Yang gang. I mean, from the beginning, this is how Obama's campaign was won in 2008, right? At the beginning of social, well, not the beginning of social media, but like at sort of the, the takeoff of social media, people sharing his concepts and talking about him and that sort of thing. It's right. It, and then clearly with the 2016 election, I mean, that's a little different because it's like foreign <laughs> operators. But right. but clearly social media and politics absolutely have influence. Right. So Warren's team or people that are big supporters of Warren have every um, right and good intentions to be like, let's do the meme thing. But memes are fundamentally organic. There's no like meme lord Mm -hmm. you know who who creates them all they're they fundamentally come from all different sources and they're filtered by people upvoting and downvoting and sharing and only the best ones rise to the top Right, exactly it's very bizarre to me to think that there needed to be an aggregated 
account for this. I mean, maybe this person was just trying to connect people, like-minded people together, and mm -hmm. then distribute. But maybe it's because it took off and it became viral. If maybe it wasn't viral, we wouldn't care and it would be fine. Right. But something about the fact that the thread was so authoritative just rubbed me completely the wrong way. It, it's really bizarre to me because Elizabeth Warren's comms team is is pretty, you know, good at social. I mean, I'm thinking of when, when I can't remember who it was. It was like Ben Shapiro, someone, or someone who uh tried to like put a scandal on, uh, about elizabeth warren out and it was like about how she had like relations with right. this ex-marine or something and then she tweeted the picture of the uh, or tweeted um the cougar picture because her she uh, the alumni mm -hmm. of where she went to school right. is the cougars it, it was smart smart thinking good campaign but this is weird too much planning one of the things we say is if you're gonna do social and you want to do it a, a good job don't create Start with one account and, and nail that. Yeah, And then absolutely. do more. Um, but the Warren meme team, one person is coming out the gate with a Facebook account, a GitHub account. Yeah, real weird. Instagram account, a LinkedIn account. <laughs> That's going to be hot. Uh, a Pinterest account, a Reddit account, a Snapchat account, a TikTok account, a Twitter account, and a YouTube account. And if you go to any of, the, any of these, either... The comments are locked because they've been horribly roasted mm -hmm. on which, all of them. Which I think is why the original thread was deleted. <laughs> it's it's really sad because this is someone who is clearly well-meaning, but it reads as they are not a media professional. You know, this right. is someone who's like a, a politics or business professional who... Or like a, a researcher doing their dissertation. <laughs> right. And if you go read the Google Doc, I'm trying really hard not to roast them because it's so well-intentioned. But if you go to their Google Doc plan, what is it called? It's it's like this it's, big. Uh, it's Warren's meme team plan. It's a public Google Doc, and we'll link to it. And and when you read it, it's got like media effects theories in it. It's very well written. It's got a lot of it's. I mean, the thing is, it's so on brand. This is very Elizabeth Warren, like to the T, written out. She's got a plan, but <laughs> again, that doesn't that doesn't translate into memes. Right, and at the end, he's got his goddamn resume and all the uh, things he does and um unfortunately now his name is inextricably linked to this <laughs> cringeworthy thing this poor guy <laughs> so okay this is a this is an example of how maybe it shouldn't be done um what are some better examples of of sort of political <clears throat> campaigning on social so I, I won't get into the trump train because it's really hard to determine who's doing that in good faith, in credible air quotes, and who's doing that because it's part of Russia's internet research mm -hmm. uh, agency. But um, the Yang gang is, is a good example because those aren't coming from Yang, but he, he, he gives nods to them all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, it works really well. Clearly he knows that the Yang gang is for him, and it's like he's using it to his advantage it's very smart i mean bernie does this with the bernie bros i don't like the bernie but he doesn't, bros bernie doesn't lean into the bernie he doesn't bros. He, i mean he i've seen i've definitely seen him like reference it but you're right y yang clearly is and and yang he, he makes he makes so much use of his like bitmoji and all the things and that bitmoji has become part of the yang gang and um he's he's very willing to let loose and and be weird and wacky mm -hmm. and uh, like on TikTok, we just saw one. Yep. Um, yep. Washington Post did a TikTok with him. Shout out to Dave from the Washington Post. Right. So it it can't work 
coming it, it just can't come from the candidate that's too cringeworthy but the candidate can absolutely breathe oxygen into what other people are doing so do you think the fact that it's called warren's meme team is a detriment do you think it needed to be like um john for uh, john uh votes elizabeth warren 2020 at and that's his his at is i'm john but i am also supporting you know what i mean it would have had to come from a mass of people rather than it's so tough though because it, it, it wanted to be a distribution arm it didn't want to be this single guy but mm-hmm. that was the problem right it's not a team if it's one person there's there's so many things wrong with it i would love to see um warren partake in in meme culture in a way that's that makes sense or even even the left in general or progressives because they're terrible at it mm. i don't know why they're just like not <laughs> funny or they don't understand it or they don't have a million russian bots to help promote it or something but um, I'd love to see the left compete in that slice of culture. It's really interesting. I'm, you don't like see the deep fried memes that you see from the Trump train. They do so much. It's constant. <laughs> well, I mean, and I mean, we, this is a longer conversation, but like 4chan, um, yeah. the, the places where these memes sort of culminate or where there's like the hottest coals of these things are they're not even like conservative they're just like they're anti-left i mean well i mean that you're right it is a bigger conversation we talked about this when we talked about the history of 4chan in one of our previous episodes but because 4chan now is so synonymous with that interesting traditional values incel slash anti-left community it's and that's where they're that's where they begin i guess they there is none from the left. I know, and there needs. And it used to be. It used to be. That's how it started with like anonymous and everything. It's right. now. It's not that though. Right. And there needs to be because this is where memes are shared on social, and it can't just be. It just can't be Trump train stuff, you know. Okay, boomer, it's the phrase that's sweeping through the chat on the dumb phone memes and hating on teens and the Karens who are anti Hit me with it. Hey, lawyers. No. What? what? We're talking about lawyers. The name of the, your tagline. My tagline? The name of the segment. Oh, my God. <gasps> Warning. <laughs> there we go. Give the people what they want. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said, hey, lawyers, because hey, lawyers is a tactic we use on YouTube when you're trying to get people's attention. Right. But the segment is warning, and that's what people want to hear. <laughs> okay, so Coca-Cola came out with um, a series of tweets. These might have been promoted ads. I can't tell. Um, and they are about their new product, a cinnamon Coke. So the tweets say, sometimes you can have it all. Introducing our limited edition cinnamon Coke, hashtag naturally flavored. Normal, new product edition on Twitter, totally normal. <coughs> mm-hmm. So a bunch of people respond, and they've got their own ideas. They want a vanilla cinnamon Coke, this person says, and someone else wants a pumpkin spice right. Coke. And, and they have 3.3 million followers. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get all kinds of responses on every single tweet they do. Right. So some of them are earnest, and then one, you know, do a hot sauce flavored Coke. Some of them are jokes. Of course, they're going to have a little bit of that. Every single one of these, the response from Coca-Cola reads... 
Hi, thanks for being a Coca-Cola fan, exclamation point. While we appreciate your loyalty, we aren't actually able to accept ideas for products or formula modifications from our friends outside of the company. This is for legal reasons and not a reflection on the merits of your idea. Best wishes, exclamation mark. Every time. It's the same thing every time. No, no competent marketing professional has ever started a sentence with, while we appreciate your loyalty. That's like... I'm not racist, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is painful to see. And Jess and I saw this and we're like, oh, that, that legal team, that legal team has gone hard on this poor social team. And it's, it's really tough to see because we have this tension all the time between trying to do something interesting <clears throat> mm-hmm. and then also being risk averse. Right. And, and it's a scale. And what we see here with Coca-Cola is the legal team taking over because they don't, I don't know why they needed to respond at all to these people. I mean, it's just, I mean, yes, we, I do believe that there should be responses, but why is it this weird paragraph? (laughs) Like, yes, community management, be in the comments. That's what we say all the time. Well, I'd rather there be nothing than while we appreciate your loyalty, fuck off, you know, (laughs) this is really worse. I, I, it just makes it seem so tone deaf and and what and we've also talked about how like Coca Cola is a big name. Everybody knows Coca Cola. It's, it's not like the you biggest need. Name. It's not like you need brand recognition. But when you get to this point, and when you're a large brand, you're not. It's not about selling, and it's not about how, like a back and forth buying and selling. It's about being part of someone's daily life. And social is a really good way to do that. But when you're being this weird legal robot, that's not. <laughs> that's right, bad. Right. Coke's not trying to uh, get you to buy a new Coke. It's trying to make you their friend for life mm-hmm. um and it's it's not like you get to a certain level that coke's at and you can't do that because what we see with wendy's twitter is they're just they're, the legal team's like absent yeah right 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 and they're killing it and they're crushing it yeah absolutely <clears throat> you're not seeing this with like uh, all that that popeye stuff with the sandwich wars back and forth you're not seeing this with burger king who wins can lions for their tweets it's very bizarre it seems like there's a disconnect and we, we, we saw this, actually, we went through their Twitter page and, and wanted to see what their social team was doing. And it looked like there were batches of tweets happening where it would be like 10 at a time, either about, yep. a new pro- either about a new product or a new launch or a campaign, or these weird faux, faux topical tweets, but that had clearly had been approved because they came in batches on certain days. Right. It's a terrible waste. Yeah, absolutely. Coca-Cola Twitter. Um, a horrible waste. And, and we understand the need to have a legal team. Absolutely. But you, you, you have to understand that a lawyer's job is not to make the campaign better. They, do, they don't get a bonus or get paid because the campaign does well. They, you might, though. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the social team might. The so. lawyer's job is to water it down, to make it uh, least interesting to make it least offensive and if if the company does not get into trouble then the lawyer gets a bonus or something Mm -hmm. um so you have to be very careful inviting the lawyers into your room because they are they will not be on your side as a marketing professional um it's very adversarial and a lot of times we get in situations where it's like you know what would a lawyer think about that or can we say that and i'm very careful about making the call to ask a lawyer because I'd almost, because I'm a little bit more risk adverse and I know that 
The, the campaign. I'm sorry. You're risk averse. Sorry, I'm. What's the opposite of risk averse? Risk horny. <laughs> <laughs> like my job is to get results, you know, and so I am super careful about when someone says, "Let's ping the lawyer." I'm super careful about. Let's wait. It. Let's wait. And I'm the person that says, "Oh, let's ping the lawyer." <laughs> You know how many times I've done that? <laughs> oh, I think this quote is not by someone who's been dead for 150 years. I think we should talk to the lawyer. <laughs> we already get enough of that from, from clients who act like lawyers. <laughs> Yin and yang, baby. Okay, boomers should have known it sooner because they don't justify a real response. So, okay, boomer, okay. Brands, have you heard of this new catchphrase that you need to integrate into your marketing right away? Okay, Boomer. <laughs> this is like warning 2.0. We've reached the downswing on the Okay, Boomer business, but we thought it, uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention this phenomenon. Right. For, um, for, the, for the one person who is unfamiliar with this, um, Jerry, uh, Rachel's going to explain <laughs> <laughs> what's going on. Okay. So, OK Boomer is a phrase that started on social. I mean, it's been traced back to early 2019 with the Doge meme as it was used. Mm -hmm. um, someone just put it in the text there. But it's sort of a response to the weird phenomenon of the media in general, the general population, like bagging on millennials and Gen Xers for ruining certain industries right. have you seen these articles that are like oh well, millennials are ruining the avocado industry or they're right. ruining the rent industry or whatever it is yeah sure and in that general outrage sort of a response to this this concept it has grown as as on twitter it has grown on tiktok particularly um, where people are, people are saying, you know, oh, boom, or, oh, uh, millennials and Gen Xs, they never want to grow up. They have Peter Pan syndrome, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. And then people respond with the phrase, okay, boomer. And it stops them right in their tracks. It's like a very, what are you supposed to say back to that? There's, you know? Yeah, there's something magical about that response where it just, you can't come back from that. Right. It's, right. it's just, it's, it, it said so much while saying so little and, um, that's the reason why it is absolutely blown mm -hmm. up to the ninth degree. Yeah. I mean, short of being, you know, a great little quippy phrase, it's it really discusses the sort of generational differences, um, the political issues that Gen X is so aware of, you know, climate change and equality and, and women's rights and et cetera, et cetera. And then also this weird entitled sort of behavior we see coming from <clears throat> right. coming from um, boomers. And they, they've sort of idealized this in the Karen meme, mm -hmm. who Karen is sort of a middle-aged white woman with the sonic haircut, and she is going to ask for your manager because her coffee's not hot enough. That's yeah. Karen. Um, do anyway. Know, do you know the Sharon one? No. Sharon is like the opposite of Karen. She's like, same Ozzy hair. Ozzy Osbourne's wife. Sharon! <laughs> Keep going with that. No. <laughs> she's, she's, uh, she's like, same haircut, but like totally fun and just like totally dancing. Oh, she's like the fun aunt? Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Okay, cool. Anyway, that's Karen. So again, we've, these caricatures of generational differences. But the one thing I want to point out is this, I don't think this is like a millennial versus boomer thing okay boomer is a gen gen x thing it's not no gen z gen z i'm sorry i'm sorry gen z gen z my generation 
under 20 sort of situation. Well, I'm 23, but. <laughs> okay, millennial. <laughs> it's, it's a, I'm sorry, Gen Z. Mm-hmm. They're Gen Z. Zoomers. Zoomers. It's Zoomers versus Boomers. <laughs> Millennials are sort of in the mix. Again, people don't even know how old people are. So <laughs> right. anyway, so, but this sort of reached a crux when Taylor Lorenz, the fantastic um, New York Times author who writes about social media and teenagers, really, uh, she wrote a great article about this, about how it's, it's titled, Okay, Boomer Marks the End of Friendly Generational Relations and talks about sort of the, um, the fight that's going on. And then it blew up. And then there was response from many boomers themselves where, for example, Bob Lozenberry um, tweeted, Boomer is the N-word of ageism. Being hip and flip does not make bigotry okay, nor is a divisive epithet acceptable because it is new. Anyway, he's calling... I don't even say the B-word anymore. (laughs) This is a ridiculous comparison. Um, I don't even want to dignify it with a response but anyway but they that's can't what the responses like the, they can't say it's the n-word when they've been shitting on millennials and the younger generation not just in what they do but in what they write you mm-hmm. know i mean that's and then and then the, the millennials are like or gen z are like okay boomer it's not even like it's not even negative no exactly it's just like it's just flippant like all right whatever it's an eye roll it's yeah. a verbal eye roll is what it is and it, so this has continued to to blossom into a cultural um, thing. We saw a a representative in New Zealand use it when she testified um, in front of <laughs> in front of as, as a hearing. Um, we saw it when um, Natty Light responded to Miller Light um, in a tweet a few days ago. Um, so clearly, brands have co-opted this now. Um, it's reaching um, and it it's dead, <laughs> and that means it's dead. <laughs> so um, the warning is don't start saying it no we uh, we don't need this now no it's over it was fun <clears throat> while it lasted and it, it it was you know we keep we keep track of memes but i feel like of 2019 this is one that just like it's one of the maybe not the biggest but like the quickest to come to a culmination and, and be over you know that's the beauty of memes though it's so fast and they change so fluidly. I mean, you still see them on TikTok a little bit, and and I think that's okay because that's where they live. That's where the gen the Gen Xers are, and that's where mm-hmm. they're talking about it. And I think Gen Xers are allowed to still use it, but if you're a brand, hell no. Right, and it's interesting with this meme is different than other a lot a lot of other memes are like image based or uh, dance based. Sure, this one is just it's like eight or nine characters, and it's so easy to put into any situation. Yeah, I say it to Jess all the time. It's even played out in our transition music now. I know, I'm bored of it. <laughs> <laughs> After the fourth time. I'm so sorry, guys. All right, the rant wheel is back. So we've got a few, uh, we got four rant options here first the length of cvs receipts second boat ass trucks in the parking garage part two deuce sitting on the outermost seat on the bus and journalists don't know shit about social ad buying that's right all right so let's bring out the rant wheel (laughs) 
All right, and it is number three. <laughs> number three is sitting on the outermost seat on the bus. Sitting on the outer. So I take the bus every day to work, um, to and from work, <clears throat> and I and I get in the bus, and I'm I'm not the first one there, but I'm the bus is like 25% full. And what time? I get on at like 8:20. Okay. Five. <clears throat> and I get on and. I always sit down and I there's and it's like it's like rows of two seat things. I know what a bus is. <laughs> it's got four wheels <laughs> and the and if you make this thing the bus driver will honk the horn. Okay, cool. Um so I always sit on the inner I always sit on the inner seat facing uh, next to the window. Yeah, because you're not a monster. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there's people who will sit on the outer seat and you know some people will sit on the the inner seat and have their bag on the outer seat. Or they might have their legs sort of mm -hmm. on the outer seat, which is like, don't, it's just like, it's, it's an indication to find another seat. But I think that's better. It's like, don't sit here unless you need to, and then right. I'll move. And yeah, and then I can move. Yeah, it's pretty easy to move. But some goddamn psychopaths <laughs> will sit on the outside seat, with, and they have like a, a seat next to them that, that no one can access, and they don't have their stuff there. And they'll do it even when, as the bus is filling, filling up, and I, I, I can't understand the the psychopath psychopathy of that. What's going on in their brain? Here's the solution: you sit on their lap. <laughs> or it could be like, are you sitting there? And uh, then you've made an enemy. Then you have to like move over them. Ugh, it's so awkward. I know that's incredibly rude. Are people? I'm I'm always in awe of this. Do people just not understand? Like, are they not self-aware of where their body is? They must be. They must be just full of hatred. No, I don't think so. People. I think some people have not been taught to be self-aware. You see this all the time. Who who is is blasting music on their phone speaker like just out loud? People do that. Why are they not so? Do they not realize? I don't think they've been taught proper. I don't know. Personal bubble. <laughs> Maybe, but it it feels like it's it feels like it's so. I don't. Know, it's just so. I don't know how you can be so unaware that you const. And there are people that constantly do it. Okay, so like here, this is my thing. I think this is an entitled behavior, which I would say is a boomer behavior. These people could be 25 and doing this, but it is still boomer behavior. And so this is why OK Boomer is a great response because it's not, yes, generational, but it's not really about your age. Anyone can be a boomer. Yeah. Especially if you take the outermost seat. Yeah. All right, end rant. Boom. OK Boomer should have known it sooner because they don't justify a real response. So OK Boomer, OK Plugeth your ears. <laughs> My favorite segment. If you guys appreciated any of the things we did, maybe you want to check out our website. It's nail.social. Maybe you want to check out our Twitter. It's nail.social. Maybe you want to no, check out our... It's nail social. It's just nail social? Yeah. Maybe you want to check out our email, coffee at nail.social. <laughs> nice. Or... Check out our email, guys. <laughs> You're going to love check our email address. Check out what's there. <laughs> beautiful if you want to email us if you have any questions about the services we provide we do um campaign planning we do boot camps about social we do organic planning and posting we do all the things for socials and uh also check out our new twitch page do we even have a url 
We're now social on Twitch. Oh, we are? Okay. Then type that in. You should That's be able to That's our username. Us. Yeah. So next week, I think we'll be live. Yep. Pending OBS. <laughs> it's not a sentence that makes any sense. But, um, and yeah. our TikTok. Oh, our TikTok is nail social. We've got some hot takes about programmatic buying on, on our TikTok. Right. And we... Li and we are in Providence, so if you are a programmatic vendor and you want to force this into like a lunch or something, come on down. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for the after show. We got something crazy going on in the after show. Welcome to the after show, guys. So, um, Alexia, our podcast executive producer, is not here, which is explains she's sick, which explains why we have no after show content. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't think about the after show. <laughs>